and welcome to Anything Music, the podcast where we talk about anything related to music. My name is Joanna and I'm your host and I'm here with my guest Emma Lee Roberts, who is an art student at the University of Manitoba and she wears many hats. She's also a musician and has her own blog and is into writing and stuff. So welcome Emma <laughs> Lee, how are you? Good, how are you Joanna? <laughs> I'm great. So Emma Lee is here to have a discussion about Icelandic music. Yes. So, do you want to take us down the road of why you're interested in Icelandic music? Yeah, I can do that. My fascination with Icelandic music uh, kind of began uh, back in 2014, actually. Uh, it was taking a youth mentorship program at Manitoba Music here in Winnipeg. Um, and we had music professionals like within the music industry that would come in and they would actually give like guest lectures. Um, okay. This one particular time that really stood out to me was a guy by the name of Michael Falk. So he used to uh, head the uh, Head in the Sand record label, I believe it's called. It's no more. Um, but <laughs> he was handing out CDs. And one of the CDs that he handed out was of this Icelandic group called the Apparat Organ Quartet. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I took that CD home and I listened to it profusely. I absolutely fell in love with it. It's super weird. It's like video game music, basically. Um, and actually, one of the members was Johan Johansson, who is like this film composer who recently mm-hmm. passed away. But um, yeah, it's sort of what got me into it. And from there, it was mostly like my own research into it and it's like this is so different and weird and cool yeah (laughs) yeah so that's kind of how it started so what like Icelandic music do you listen to currently yeah um so I am not the typical person that will only listen to like Bjork or like okay (laughs) Bjork is pretty famous (laughs) but I mean by all means, start there. Like, she's amazing. Sigurdas is amazing. Um, but I love listening to artists like uh, JFDR and uh, other bands like Skofin or like Big Dead Brothers. I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many up and coming uh, musicians and artists that are uh, really uh, making it big, like internationally. Hmm. Um, because of uh, music festivals like Iceland Airwaves. Um, so I am a sucker for Spotify playlists. <laughs> I <Okay>. listen to <laughs> so many Spotify yeah. playlists. Um, and Iceland Airwaves has one every year. And it just kind of explores uh, the different artists that they'll have at their festival. And that's how I've actually come to know a lot of um, different bands. That's really interesting. So how would you, like, describe musically, like, the style of these artists? Like, are they all different or are they all, like, similar? Okay. Yeah, for sure. They're, all of them are very different. Um, I'll probably talk about them later, but the post-driving arts collective, um, (laughs) if you listen to one of their compilation albums, every track is just so... (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. wildly different yeah I, I feel I was listening to it a bit before this and yeah. I it, I clicked on a song in the middle and 
it was kind of like a folky tune, but then the first song in the album is like a total like dance party. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my party. Exactly. <laughs> just over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah. So Iceland Airways is really great for representing, um, you know, a lot of people hate genres, mm-hmm. um, but it represents a lot of different genres. So you'll have electronic music, you'll have folk, you'll have like heavy metal, Um, and like everything in between Um, that's actually how I got into Icelandic rap (laughs) right (laughs) so um, yeah it's I just I found Spotify to be really really helpful in that kind of exploration right and so how do you think the island of Iceland embraces like all these different musicians Mm -hmm. like is that I guess, is is that, like, a common thing in Iceland to have, like, a whole bunch of different genres and everyone, like, really enjoying that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think um, Iceland is especially unique in that respect just yeah. because everybody, like, every musician is playing in, like, different bands. So, like, somebody will be, like, a drummer in one band and then like a drummer in another band and then like maybe a vocalist in another band. So everybody's like kind of like multitasking in that kind of a way. Um, But uh, Iceland is really supportive of that and really successful at that because of their mindset of like, Mm. um, there's like everybody in Iceland is, or not everybody in Iceland, but like the general mindset that I've kind of come to know is that there's this, like, DIY, so, like, do-it-yourself kind of mentality. Interesting. Yeah. So people aren't, like, afraid of failure. They just do it. And, like, hmm. <laughs> it's not, like, the end of the world if it doesn't work out. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking, do you know, like, do you want to explain a little bit about the history of music, like, traditionally in Iceland? Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if there are, like, links between this DIY, like, mentality and, like, the past, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, Icelandic music or, like, traditional Icelandic music, uh, it's very vocal-based. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is that the vocal tradition is very, very strong. So, your first, like... Uh, Icelandic traditional music is called uh, Reimer, and I'm probably not pronouncing that okay. right. <laughs> I wouldn't have done a better job. <laughs> so Reimer kind of, it, uh, it describes uh, this vocal tradition um, of, it's like the translation is rhymes. So that comes from uh, like Icelandic sagas and uh, epic poetry. Right. So the focus is on the text. Hmm. So it's never really about the music. So Iceland's earliest music was not really, like, about the music. It was about the text. That's really interesting. Like, it wasn't all uniform, but it was kind of all, like, brought together by the focus on the text. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I just found it really interesting because it's, uh, especially, like, nowadays, it's like, oh, we just, like, we set... Uh, text to music whereas like this 
this is like the text is first. <laughs> the music yeah. is just like an afterthought. Um, so yeah, so that's Remer. Um, and the melody, because of uh, the text being important, the melody is very simple. Hmm. Um, but there's actually a lot of tritones in it, hmm. which I found interesting. Okay, just to explain for the listeners who don't know what a tritone is, so an interval is like the distance between two notes. So the tritone, which is an augmented fourth or a diminished fifth, mm-hmm. um, it is like the, the no-no interval. Like, <laughs> the devil's yeah, interval. Yeah, the devil's <laughs> interval, historically. Yeah. And if you take like a theory class or something mm-hmm. in university... Um, tritones are usually a no-no as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what a tritone is, just so everyone's <laughs> aware. <laughs> yeah, so tritones, um, but, uh, like, also, it doesn't, um, sorry, I'm getting into music theory again. It's okay, <laughs> go ahead. This is... But uh, it doesn't really have a certain, like, mode to it. Mm-hmm. So the writing is, like, the... The music itself sounds very strange to, or probably would sound strange to our ears nowadays. Hmm. Um, I definitely recommend searching it up and listening to yeah. it because it's very uh, mysterious. I don't know. I, I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> when uh, after Reamer, um, which is very much uh, mythology-based and based on, like, Icelandic sagas and whatnot. Um, The Lutheran Church actually uh, came to Iceland, and that kind of changed the whole landscape of music. So uh, you'll get, like, a lot of uh, choral tradition and a lot of, like, congregational singing and Mm -hmm. choirs, and um, that becomes uh, a huge focus um, just because the Lutheran Church has a very big emphasis on like liturgy, mm-hmm. so it's like like the whole worship service is like singing and then like more singing and then like more singing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Icelanders are like, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of where that comes from. Um, but um, yeah, after that, the Western influence kind of took over. Um, so uh, there's this composer called uh, Jan Leifs, and I'm probably mispronouncing that again too, um, but he's kind of known as, a, as like the Sibelius of Iceland, okay. or like the nationalistic composer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Sibelius became like very well known in mm-hmm. Finland because he like, brought a lot of Finnish nationalism in with his music and, exactly. you know, what he was doing. So that's interesting to hear that there's, like, a parallel to that yeah. in Iceland. I, I had no idea about that. That's cool. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a, a guy that's not really been talked about a whole lot, hmm. and I only recently heard about him. <laughs> um, and he wasn't, like, from what I've heard, he's not uh, really viewed as, like, a great person. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know if, like, just, like, his popularity is, like, not that great, but uh, he was the first one to compose music that kind of uh, 
uh, reflected the landscape of Iceland. So like geysers and uh, the northern lights. Yeah. And he would compose like these beautiful uh, symphonies and uh, works that would explore that. Wow. Okay, I really need to look this up after this. <laughs> this is so. This sounds so cool. Yeah, it's it's really wild. Like it's okay. it's very different um, and. Yeah, highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah. And so how, that being said, how do you think that the, like, the landscape and nationalism of Iceland influences the artists now? Yeah, so this is, this is a really like, controversial oh, issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mean know, to bring Joanna. controversy onto this show, but okay. <laughs> no. Um, so it's just a really interesting uh, discussion topic because... Um, especially after the rise of Bjork and Sigaras, uh, a lot of uh, people in the music industry would kind of like stereotype Icelandic music and mm-hmm. be like, oh, it's just like about the landscape. And like, that's <laughs> the only reason why it's uh, nice, um, which is not true at all. Like, yeah. The landscape obviously has an effect on uh, musicians' work. Mm-hmm. But it's not the be-all, end-all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, Sibelius, another example that mm. we just talked about. I know that he was very inspired by, like, the Scandinavian landscape as well. Right. But we don't only talk about that. We talk, like, he has yeah. musical value as well. Exactly. And the landscape doesn't have to identify everything, you mm. know? Like, musicians are influenced by our surroundings. That's not a lie. But yeah, that's not everything. And just because Iceland is just like this niche little island <laughs> in the in the middle of the Atlantic doesn't mean that they are only that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what uh, Icelandic musicians are trying to uh, communicate nowadays. Um, I recently read in this interview with uh, this musician called JFDR. Um, she's talking about how uh, instead of just being inspired by the landscape, she was talking about how the landscape is kind of like ingrained in your unconscious, mm. which is like going very philosophical. <laughs> but I thought that was really interesting to bring up because uh, it's like it, that's universal. Yeah. It doesn't just apply to Icelandic music. Yeah, that's true. Like I'm thinking about ourselves and Manitoba. Like, flattest place ever. Um, <laughs> we're not boring, though. <laughs> yeah, we're not boring. But, like, the, you know, driving on the highway in the middle of winter and seeing, like, a field that's, like, covered in snow mm-hmm. and it's just flat and you can see, like, the horizon touching the land or, like, the, you can literally see. It's almost like the sky and the land are meeting. Right. And, like, the skies are, like, so open here. And... Yeah, it is kind of, like, ingrained in us, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of um, Icelandic, uh, or where Icelandic music comes from. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm thinking, because it does seem to be, like, a trend in the 21st century to be, like, interested, for, like, people in... North America, or maybe other places, I don't know, I just, you know, we're from North America, so I don't know a whole lot about, like, what other, like, you know, young women in, like, other parts of the world are thinking about Iceland, but it seems to be, like, a 
a trend that like people are very interested in like Scandinavian culture. Hmm. So do you mind elaborating if you know at all about this, um, of, like, what is the attraction from our, like, North American Western society to, like, Scandinavian stuff? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's a great question, Um, and something that I'm still trying to wrap my head around, Um, because I'm definitely that person, I'm just, like, really drawn (laughs) to that. Um, And I think um, some of the reasons why a Scandinavian culture and that kind of uh, outlook is so popular um you get things like um huga so like the art of cozy right right yeah um and you also get uh like nordic um minimalism or uh like saunas yeah uh, self-care yeah about their lifestyle yeah um which i think really um sticks out to people in North America especially because North America it's very like go 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 and like get stuff done and like be a perfectionist and like work hard until you die and blah 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 and I think Scandinavian (laughs) culture kind of like turns that on its head and it's like why aren't you enjoying life yeah like (laughs) what are you doing yeah so I I think that's probably some of the reasons why um, but also, um, there's this really cool book, um, I can't remember the title for the life of me, um, but it's, <laughs> it's like something along the lines of, uh, life in Finland or whatnot. Okay. It's a terrible explanation. <laughs> um, but it talks about, like, uh, Finland's, like, education system and, like, hmm. how, how much it's, like, changed and grown in, like, just the past few decades. So Scandinavian culture, like, it hasn't always been so, uh, like, on everybody's radar. It's only recently where that's kind of happened, um, because, like, you look at, like, the American healthcare system, and you compare it to, like, Scandinavian, like, healthcare, and, like, how they take care of their citizens, and people are like, hmm, like, what, what are we doing wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's probably some of the... Some of the things that are attractive to North Americans. And it's a bit, like, different, too. Yeah. From, I feel like, what we're normally exposed to here in Canada and, like, North America. Mm-hmm. Like, we're used to, like, all the standard languages, like, German and French and, like, Spanish. And, right. like, things that you see kind of all the time. Whereas, like, I don't know, Scandinavians have their own, like, flair to them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And also, I think... A huge part of that, too, is uh, the rich, like, folklore. Yeah. And, like, history that Scandinavian people have. Whereas, like, North Americans, like, oh, like, people came here and colonized. And, like, you know, like, obviously, like, separate from, like, indigenous Mm -hmm. tradition. But, um, yeah. So, Scandinavians have this, like, beautiful, rich culture to draw on. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that really uh, uh, captures, like, the the mystery. And, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what other people... One thing about. I find interesting about Scandinavian culture is that they, like, really embrace winter and, like, the cold. Yes. Like, I mm-hmm. 
there's this girl on YouTube named Yona Yinton. Yes, you, you showed know me this. Too. Yeah. Okay, yes. Um, I think she, like, got a little bit more famous or, like, well-known on the internet because she would put these videos of herself doing these, like, cattle calls. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of them now. And then, like, they went viral or something. But now she and her partner have, like, they live in, like, the middle of nowhere in Sweden. And so they have this, like, jewelry business that they run from, like, their house in the middle of nowhere, like, online. Mm-hmm. Um, and she often posts, like, lifestyle videos about stuff that she's doing. And, I mean, obviously that's not realistic to, like, what all, like, Scandinavian or, like, Swedish people are doing. Because not everyone lives in the middle of nowhere or is, like, fortunate enough to be able to, like turn their passions into like a job where they mm-hmm. end up being home all the time but like she they're like new num- i feel like there are numerous videos where she like cuts a hole into the ice on the lake near where they live and like goes for like an, a morning ice dip or like ice bath <laughs> so or something <laughs> and it's like you can tell that it's hard but it's like they do it on purpose because yeah. it like gets your circulation going and it wakes you up is this after the sauna or is this like just i don't know I think it's before, or it's, like, its own oh thing. Wow. <laughs> or, it's like, the, the act of... They've realized that, like, going between different temperatures is, mm-hmm. like, an interesting thing. Um, like, I've never been to this Thermaeo spa... Me neither. ...that we have in Winnipeg. <laughs> but apparently there are lots of them popping up around mm-hmm. the country, or, like, things like it anyway. Like, I heard that there's one coming to Banff soon, mm-hmm. which is a good idea for Banff, honestly. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the whole point of Thermea is, like, it's a Nordic spa, and you go from, like, the hot pool to the cold pool. Right, and, like, yeah. You, there's all these different, like, like it's organized around temperature, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. And I feel like here in North America, we have the tendency to, like, just hate on winter. <laughs> like, people, I find in Montreal, like, hate winter so much. And it is kind of gross with, like, you know, the sand and the, the ice and, like, the rocks that, like, gets created by all of this yeah. and slushy. Even, like, in Winnipeg, too. Like, we're always complaining about, always. oh, like, Winnipeg <laughs> is so cold, but it's so negative here. Like, we're so negative about the cold, yeah. whereas the Scandinavians are so positive. Yeah. Isn't, I think there's this saying where it's, like, there's no bad weather, only bad clothing or something like that. Yeah. That they have. And exactly. I, it just encapsulates that <laughs> attitude. I love that. Yeah. So yourself as a musician, because you actually have a bachelor's of music. I do. Um, so you, do you mind talking a bit about like how you started playing like violin and viola and stuff and so forth? For sure. Yeah. So I, um, I grew up in a really musical family, so my mom was and still is a piano teacher, so I was kind of forced into it. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Thanks, Mom. Love you. Um, but uh, it kind of uh, got, uh, not forced, but I, I got put into um, piano and violin lessons uh, from a young age, uh, along with my brothers. Um, and that kind of began the lifelong journey to put it into kind of a cliche like that. But um, yeah, I played violin up until just a few years ago, actually. So I got into university at the University of Ottawa on violin. Um, And then I decided to switch to viola. Yay, viola. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
halfway through my degree just because I I felt like it was you probably can relate to this I felt like it was my voice yeah like it was something that really resonated with me um and all of my like best friends were violists and I was like okay like what is the deal <laughs> yeah. with, like viola like why are people so cool when they play viola <laughs> uh, so I decided to uh, make the switch um and uh, ended up getting a degree in viola performance. Um, but I actually decided to um, explore different areas of interest after I graduated. So actually what I do now is I'm an art student. Um, so this is where the many hats yeah. comes in. Um, right now I'm actually in the process of uh, choosing a major. So. Um, but this past year, I have been taking courses in Native Studies and courses in Icelandic Studies and uh, learning uh, this really cool language called Machif, which is a mix of uh, French and Cree. So just like really uh, mm-hmm. kind of following my dream of uh, pursuing different avenues, like other than hmm. music, but at the same time, uh, complementing music. Yeah. So it's been a really, really interesting uh, experience so far. That's cool. And you also have a blog, right? I do. Do you mind talking a little bit about what that's about? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my blog is my new baby. Uh, It's very, very new. Uh, Not much on there yet. Um, But I started it because um, I read somewhere uh, saying that your blog is basically um, the best place to practice your writing. Hmm. And I, I really liked that because I was like, yeah. uh, my, I've always been kind of scared of like putting my stuff on the internet. Like hitting hmm. publish is like the most yeah. uh, scary experience <laughs> ever because like people are going to read this or like my mom's going to read this. Like, ah. Um, but yeah, I, I started it in the hopes that it will help me to practice my writing. Um, especially creative writing, because mm-hmm. in the academic environment, uh, that's not something that I get to do that often. It's very much like academic papers. Yeah. So um, blog is kind of a space for uh, writing like album reviews or um, writing about uh, travel or um, just whatever I feel like writing about. Um, so that's kind of... And what is it called? Yeah. It's called, okay, <laughs> it's called Flora Jane Writes. Uh, so Flora Jane is kind of uh, what I go by a lot uh, just because it's my middle name. Oh, Flora? Flora Jane. Oh, like, yeah. the, okay, I never yeah, knew that. Yeah, the two together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I that's kind of what I've named it after uh, instead of, I don't know, my I have a difficult relationship with my actual first name. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, just because I'm I'm not French, but I have a French first name. It hmm. gets complicated sometimes. Is there like a a meaning behind Flora Jane? Like, do you know why that name was chosen? Or are you comfortable sharing that? I. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> like, it's cool. I just. Yeah. It, made me think like there must be like a story behind this there sort of is I guess um I think like usually middle names come from uh some relative like in your family Mm -hmm. so 
I believe that Flora comes from um, my dad's side of the family, and Jane comes from my mom's side of the hmm. family. So Jane is my mom's middle name as well. Hmm. Um, and uh, Flora, I think, is like one of my great great grandmother's okay. name or something that's like that. That's a cool that. name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of the background on that. Okay, I'm noticing a parallel between your own interests between music and like cultural things arts Mm -hmm. and the Icelandic music arts scene because Mm -hmm. your life is very like multi-media like music and writing and poetry and like a very good mix between like music and culture Mm -hmm. and so is the Icelandic (laughs) music yeah yeah do you think that that could be why you're attracted to? Yeah, I, <laughs> I've never really put it in that yeah. perspective before, but that's that's actually uh, uh, that's a fascinating way to huh. to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I really um, I really respect uh, and admire the whole like anti-perfectionist attitude mm-hmm. that they have um and just like self-care and like enjoying yeah. life um yeah because yeah we we live in a society where especially like if you've if you i don't know if you can relate to this but like especially growing up in um a music environment mm-hmm. and like pursuing music like post-secondary okay um there's this attitude where it's like music is your be-all, end-all. And, like, yeah. if you're not practicing, like, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> no, I think I can relate to that on lots of levels. Like, mm-hmm. I... Even though my family was, like, interested in music, like, I didn't have other classical musicians in my family mm-hmm. or people who were, like, pursuing it to the same extent as I was, I think. And then when I got to... I think it was, like... When I finally went to Montreal, where I started to notice that it was people really tended to specialize in, like, one... It was, like, all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in performance at my school, like, the University of Montreal, like, you're in performance, and, like, that seems to be, like, all that people do. Not that they aren't, like, you know, people who have, like, many interests, or, like... It just seemed to be, like, people really put all their eggs in, like, the performance basket. Mm -hmm. Like, they've already chosen to concentrate on that above other things. Mm -hmm. Whereas I noticed, like, here, like, the year that I spent at the University of Manitoba, people were a lot more chill about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's that's such a uh, fascinating thing to explore. um, Because it's not necessarily bad to focus on one thing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think it can get really unhealthy and really unbalanced, like really mm-hmm. fast. And so that's where uh, I kind of decided that I didn't want to do that because I that was yeah. kind of what I was surrounded by. And I was like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in this mindset of like, if you're if you don't pursue music after uh, doing a degree, like you're a failure, which yeah. I think is is kind of like the unspoken uh, belief that most music students have. Yeah, I, I don't feel know. like it. It treads into the music faculties, like mm-hmm. that. 
if you don't achieve like the goal of a professional performance career after it's that if that's what your degree was then like you did something wrong or like you did some like you somehow are less of a musician than the person beside you in class who like won a job in an orchestra or right. something which i think is becoming well it's not true at all but i'm hoping that in the next coming years or generations that people get over that idea that yeah. like if even if you go to music school it doesn't mean that you were a failure if right. you don't like keep going with it after like it can only complement what you're doing after mm-hmm. and a music degree can get you so many places like lots of people go to law school or like go into medicine exactly. like it's not like yes you're there to study music and that's like the concentration of your studies at the time but it's not like the end all be all mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that's another reason why like musicology fits with me too yeah. Because I, yeah, I felt like I didn't want a performance career. And musicology allows you to be, like, still in music and, like, still involved. But, like, you get to explore so many other things. Right. Which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, like, anybody that's listening and you're, like, kind of, like, on the fence or, like, just, like, do what you want to do. Yeah. Like, don't, don't let... Uh, comparison like ruin your life like exactly I I feel like you and I in the last year or so both made the decision to leave performance (laughs) at the same time pretty much and yeah yeah, that's interesting to see where that took us Mm -hmm. um so at the end of every episode I ask each guest like what their listening suggestion would be mm-hmm. for the people listening to this. <laughs> a listening suggestion for the listeners. Ooh, so okay. uh, what would be, if you had to pick one song, maybe out of what oh, we talked about, it could be something song. completely different. <laughs> um, what would that be? Okay. <laughs> this is like the hardest decision ever. Um, I, would, I would say, um, gosh... Okay, let's do, um, I just wrote an album review on her, so let's do JFDR. Um, She has an album out called Brazil, um, and the first track is called White Sun, and I think you all should go listen to that song. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe the whole album, and then she has another album coming out this March, so. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, uh, thank you for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) This has been Anything Music, the podcast where we talk about anything related to music. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.